I'm a little under the weather, but that's okay. I really think it's the air quality in, in the Chicagoland area right now because the wind, whatever was happening in New York like a week or two ago with their air quality, um, the wind blew it over to Chicago and I think on Tuesday we had like the worst air quality in the world or something like that like I don't know how that's possible but it really did on Tuesday it felt like when you walked outside if you were in the city it felt like you were walking into a bonfire and I feel like that did me in <laughs> It did me in, and I've just been struggling with my um, my sinus stuff ever since. So um, this recording is more nasally than usual. You didn't think my voice could get weirder, but it does. Um, yeah, how's it going, my friends? Uh, we meet during the last hours of the moon in Sagittarius before the moon moves into Capricorn. <laughs> before the moon moves into Capricorn and enters its full moon phase. So tomorrow we will have the full moon uh, in Capricorn, which will be interesting just because, um, because we have the sun in Cancer, opposing, going towards an opposition with Pluto, who is now retrograde at 29 degrees, Capricorn, right? So we've kind of been used to this for the past, like, five years or so. Well, even longer than that, but especially, you know, focusing on the last five years with all of the Capricorn pile-up stuff. I mean, we've been used to... Capricorn lunations being a little iffy. <laughs> like, we haven't had a full moon in Capricorn without it being next to Pluto in a long time, right? Um, so, that's gonna be interesting, but nothing that we haven't seen before. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's It's not like so unique that this this full moon is going to involve Pluto because we have been dealing with that for a while. But what I will say, what kind of strikes me about July's astrology, and you can probably tell by the title of which church, but something that strikes me about July's astrology is the fact that we're kind of leading up we're not kind of, we are leading up to Venus stationing retrograde on July 23rd. Okay, so, um, however, Venus it has already been in her retrograde shadow. That's been since June 19th, okay? So if some weird shit has been going down <laughs> since June 19th, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the Venus shadow, right? And I'm kind of thinking about some of the past Venus retrogrades we've had in, like, the past decade. 
in 2018, we had a Venus retrograde in Scorpio. And then in, I believe it was 2021, someone correct me, it was either 2020 or 2021, we had Venus retrograde in Gemini. Yeah, someone double check that. I know we definitely had a Venus retrograde in Scorpio in 2018 because I just remember like studying that transit from being in Malaysia. But what where it gets iffy is when was the Venus retrograde 2020-2021 and was it in Gemini? Um, yes, okay, Alex, I knew you would know. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so according to Alex, they said... The most recent Venus retrograde, Venus retrograde <laughs> was in Gemini, May and June of 2020. Okay, so we haven't had a Venus retrograde. Oh my god, I'm blacking out the Capricorn one. Thank you. Thank you, Faye. And then, <laughs> end of 2021, going into 2022, Venus retrograde in Capricorn. Okay. No wonder I blocked that one out. Because <laughs> that one that one hit me hard. Um, yeah, that one hit me really hard. But now, so those are our past three Venus retrogrades. One in Scorpio, one in Gemini, one in Capricorn. And now we are looping around to another cycle. By the way, my friends, Venus, if you didn't know this, Venus only stations retrograde about what is it alex like a year and a half two years might be every year and a half ish so you know it's not like mercury where mercury um is retrograde almost three times every year um venus and mars we've got a little bit more of t of time that passes between when these planets go retrograde um, and I feel like with this one, with the Venus approaching, it's, um, stationing point, and we currently have Venus in the shadow of Leo, of the retrograde in Leo, we're kind of getting this, like, sneak peek, we're, we've entered the theater, <laughs> we've got our popcorn, we've got our snacks, but... Um, we're kind of watching the previews before the big movie begins, which will begin July 23rd. Um, but I also think that we shouldn't miss what's happening right now during the pre-retrograde shadow. Because what happens during the pre-retrograde shadow, I think, ends up being really important, sometimes even more significant than what actually happens during the retrograde. Um, why is that? Well, in a pre-retrograde shadow, what is the planet really doing? Um, the planet is slowing down, right? Um, and then when it, when it stations, it almost like, it's not that it stops, but what happens, it gets so slow that it just kind of stays at the same degree for a while. But right now, we're just slowly slowing down. And what does that do? Well, if we think about like the karma of Venus, the energy of Venus, uh, what Venus teaches us, 
Um, Venus, we know them to be the planet of relationships, how we relate to one another. Um, I had a really interesting uh, revelation with um, who Venus is when I was recently getting tattooed. Um, and it was like such this, it was just like this beautiful moment. I'll put it in my, uh, in my astrology book one day, but I was like in, in a lot of pain, like getting poked, which is a very Mars thing, right? Like getting a tattoo is Mars because Mars rules over, over needles, you know, Mars rules over sharp objects, but like getting a piece of art that you love and that makes you feel more aligned with who you are. That's a Venus thing. So I remember like distinctly this feeling of like having this like needle, like, <laughs> like scratching the surface of my skin. But then like my hand, like, uh, like kind of brushing up or like touching my tattoo artist. And I remember... <laughs> And my tattoo artist is like super hot. And I was like, oh my God, it feels so good to like <laughs> brush up against her. It was like focusing on like the the softness of her hand. This sounds so gay. Um, Pride month is not over. Like the softness of being close to her and like brushing up against her while this like needle is going into me. It was like such a Venus Mars lesson. I don't know. Like it was... Um, it just, like, it taught me why Venus and Mars typically, like, you know, you can't explain one without the other, right? They're, they're sort of this dichotomy, right? Um, and, okay, Quinn, I'm glad you relate, because I'm like, am I, like, just crazy? Um, and Ellis, you said tattoos can be such an intimate moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They are. And um, I think that's why it's so great that so many tattoo artists now are, like, kind of holding really strong, like, ethical boundaries and things like that, just because I think the history of tattooing has been pretty misogynistic, and yeah, so the fact that, you know, there are so many talented women, queer, non-binary tattoo artists that, like, hold the space for a tattoo to be intimate is, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to think about. Now, um, the fact that Venus is kind of about how we relate to one another, both the pleasure and pain, though, of, like, relating to one another, being in relationship with one another, Venus can bring up, especially when she's in shadow, the sort of disharmony that can happen um, when when Venus is in her shadow, but here's the thing. This is what's special about this Venus retrograde, because Venus is in Leo. And I'm not saying that Leo can't be relational, but when we think about the sort of deeper meaning of Leo, Leo is about the relationship we have to ourselves. Um, it's about like, the joy and the camaraderie and the fun that we can have with ourselves. It's about how we view ourselves, 
how comfortable we feel um, sort of expressing a talent or a joy. It's about how, um, how being our true selves can both bring up shame and pride, you know? And, like, th there's a lot of interesting, beautiful things, I think, about Venus being in Leo. Because it's like, oh, it's the planet of relationships, but I can't be in true relationship with the world, with others, unless I am in a true relationship with myself, unless I'm honest with myself. <laughs> you know, I can't be honest with other people um, unless I am, I'm truthful with who I am. Um, so there's, there's some kind of reckoning here, I think, when we feel disharmony in our relationships or we're feeling kind of irritated or feeling some kind of resentment. Um, I know this sounds cheesy, but especially because Venus is in Leo, it's like really, really pointing us to what is being reflected back to us about us, right? And it's so funny because my one of my best friends, she was um, telling me about her sister. And her sister uh, recently moved, like, with her husband kind of really far away from home. Um, this, where they moved, uh, happens to be a place where her husband is super comfortable and has a lot of friends and connections. And, um, you know, my friend's sister, like, doesn't really know anybody, right? So she's sort of um, kind of, whether she'll, she admits it or not, she's sort of, like, relying on her husband and her husband's friends to, like, bring her the social life, right, that she wants. Um, yet, there's been so many times when I, where I've been with my best friend and her sister, like, calls her and, like, her sister's, like, saying something, like, kind of complaining about her husband's friends or, like, saying something, like, you know, she doesn't like her husband's best friends it's sometimes and, like, how they're not really her vibe and how she feels kind of lonely, right? And um, on the surface level, what I heard in that moment was, you know, uh, sort of that energy of the finger pointing, <laughs> the energy of the finger pointing towards someone else for being the sort of crux of your problem, right? Like, my husband's the problem, or my husband's friends are the problem. Um, and that's causing me resentment and, and irritation, irritation and agitation, <laughs> you know? Um, but what this Venus retrograde shadow will do is it literally, like, takes the pointed finger and it's like, and then it, like, points it right back at yourself. Because, <laughs> because truly, like, where when we are irritated... Or, or feeling resentful of other people, it's usually, um, it, it's usually something about us. And of course, I haven't said this to my friend's sister because it's not my place. And like, you know, even though we're also friends, like, it just like she's not coming to me for advice or anything. But like, I've been thinking this. Like, I've been like, well, you know, of course, there's resentment. Of course, there's irritation with the husband and the husband's friends 
because like the crux of the the um the issue is not them but it's it's you you know and the crux of the issue is maybe the inability or the the fear of putting yourself out there in a new city and um trying to meet new people that you actually click with and you know magically you know what might happen is as you gain more friendships you know through your own interests and your own passions and you choose the people that you get to click with guess what you might find yourself at a party with your husband's friends and you might find yourself um just kind of being way less irritated <laughs> you know or even even being able to enjoy these people on some level because there's some sort of self-fulfillment thing that isn't happening. And I think something about that story is really Venus retrograde shadow in Leo. Um, like the irritation that we feel is somehow pointing us back to maybe a next step that we're scared of. Or maybe something that we've been meaning to do or wanting to do. But for whatever reason, we have a lot of excuses, <laughs> you know, where we like, we have a lot of like, oh, but this could never happen, you know, or oh, but then I'd have to do this. And I have no idea how to do that. And like, that would be impossible. Like, it, it kind of reminds me, this isn't me making fun of anybody. Um, but but it does remind me of um, how overwhelming it is to like, create your own business. And like, how many people I talk to all the time who want to do some kind of entrepreneurial endeavor um yet just the just the thought of having to like design a website and like do the graphics and everything it's like enough to just not start it at all <laughs> um and this venus retrograde in leo says well you have two choices here you can either start the journey that really feels true to you um, or you can never start it and, like, just sit there and, like, pout. It's kind of like Four of Cups vibes. <laughs> it's like you can either be the Four of Cups right now or you could be the Two of Wands. Like, maybe we don't know quite how it's going to go. Maybe we're just crossing the threshold. But at least in the Two of Wands, you can say like i started this like i'm doing this at least like i took the first step um i don't know like something something like that comes through about this moment that could also be because this venus retrograde um the entire time venus is in leo so basically from june to october um, June, July, August, September, October, for like four and a half, five months, Venus and Leo is in a sign-based square with Jupiter in Taurus. There's a point where the square is exact, um, but we'll just call it like this sign-based square for four and a half months. Um, you know, Jupiter's the planet of expansion, so of course... There's some kind of personal expansion, some kind of self. It's like the way we see our self-perception. There's some kind of thing that we're battling with our own self-perception, potentially. 
with this Venus in Leo moment. Um, and, uh, Quinn, you said self-awareness is the first and most important step when relating to anyone. Totally. Um, and then Corey, you said nobody wants to hear it when they're in the middle of it. Oh, totally, totally. And I have so much empathy for, you know, anybody who's kind of in the middle of like, figuring out like oh wait it's me <laughs> you know we're like oh wait there is something i could do with my own free will in this situation right um uh and then corey you said i've got some leo fears to face yeah maybe i mean um uh quinn you said that's how we beat down capitalism small businesses all around yes Yes, it is actually, I would say, like, if you want to, uh, if you have a small business idea, like, this Venus retrograde, depending on how it's hitting your chart, but overall, it might be a good time to, like, just get some things started. Because remember, guys, like, Venus retrograde, it's not quite the same as a Mars retrograde or a Mercury retrograde, where I may sort of um, avoid or... Uh, kind of m maybe defer, let's say, like defer, you know, beginning something completely new or taking a completely new action just because I think Mercury and Mars specifically, when they're in retrograde, we're more like revising the past or going back over the past. And don't get me wrong, like with Venus, we still are going back over the past but I don't think, I don't necessarily think Venus retrograde is the time to be like, I'm not doing anything new or like I'm not starting anything new or like it's a, it's a not so prosperous time to begin again. Like, I don't think that's true at all. I, I think in fact, I've heard a lot of people create things during a Venus retrograde, um, start getting things together for a business launch during a Venus retrograde. Um, maybe even going, starting to go on dates again after a while of being off the, off the field or whatever. Like, you know, you pick and choose, but I think there's something here where truly this Venus retrograde and Leo, we're, we're knowing ourselves on a deeper level. We're getting to know ourselves on a deeper level. We are maybe exposing our own excuses to ourselves we're finding um new inspiration in a way if that makes any sense um i've been thinking a lot about classes that i want to teach and i'm doing something like completely new this summer or sorry, this fall. Well, it has been in the works. Um, but some of you know, um, some of you know Sarah Cook from different classes. Uh, she's the freelance feminist on Instagram. Just like an amazing, amazing writing coach. Um, just a really insightful person. Um, like, uh, yeah, just like such a gifted writing coach in in a lot of ways. And um, 
you know, this Venus retrograde is going to be in my second house. And the second house is our talents and our, um, how we brand ourselves, our, our sort of personal logo or like our personal, yeah, like our, our branding, our, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like our, our vibe, <laughs> like what we do not only to make money, but just like how we show our talents to the world. And, um, with me, like partnering with Sarah to do some kind of sort of artist way kind of program this fall, um, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be like, kind of like a re remodeled artist way thing like we're inspired by the artist way but we're not actually going to use the artist way so much as like our main text um it's almost like sarah and mal's version of the artist way um and it's just going to be this program that's about um, people reconnecting with what it is to be creative feel inspired um, but there's also going to be like a lot of shadow work we're doing when it comes to um, something that Sarah and I have both gone through, which is, um, I think Sarah has worked through this more than I have. Actually, I know Sarah has worked through this more than I have, but um, as two people who um, have been through like the academic kind of writing culture, I guess, like just people, both her and I have spent a lot of time in the academic writing culture space. Like that literally ruined me like to this day, like I, like all these books behind me, I'm like, I hate poetry. I hate, I <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like I, I was, I wrote poetry all of high school, all of college this is, like, a huge chunk of, like, what defined my identity, Leo, um, for years and years and years, right? And then to one day just be like, I hate it all. <laughs> never put a, never put a pen in front of me again. Yeah, that's some, like, wounding on my part. Yeah, because the academic space when it comes to, like, writing and what is good writing, like, it completely just wasn't good for me, right? So, there's something about this course that's going to focus on that, like the shadow work around, like, why do I have to follow? Why does my career, my path as a writer have to follow anything that the academic space has prescribed to me? You know, so it'll be really fun. But that being said, this is something that I haven't done before. I've always wanted to do this. Like, I've always thought, like, I thought, um... I've always felt like I would love to be still be an English teacher in some way. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love, um, I love teaching astrology and tarot and I will continue to do that. But like, there's something about me being like an interdisciplinary practitioner and like figuring out like, how can I be a writing teacher, an English teacher? <laughs> how can I like, 
teach people, even though I just said I hate poetry, like, how can I teach people, like, how amazing poetry is? But, like, at the same time, like, that ship has sailed for me to, like, want to go to grad school, want to do things in an academic space. So, like, how do I do this, like, on my own terms? Which feels very Venus in Leo in my second house. And I swear, I'm not just talking about this to talk about myself, but, like, it's, uh, I, I, think it's a real life example of something that this shadow period is already bringing up for me like how do I do something and remain true to myself um how do I have a business but do it in the to the tune to the dance of my my own interests, my own passions, like, I, I don't know, that, that's how I feel with, with this Venus shadow, like, it's bringing me into a space of knowing myself way more deeply than I ever have before, um, so if we can think about it like that, kind of sounds like a cool transformation, whatever portal we entered, June 19th, when Venus officially entered the shadow, um, all the way until, I think it's October 9th, Venus will move into Virgo, June 19th to October 9th, like, we're gonna get to know ourselves in a very profound way, like, there's some kind of self-knowledge that is unfolding, um, but that is the result of Big changes, I think both to our appearances, though. That's a Venus uh, retrograde situation, like people getting surgery, um, maybe gender affirming surgery. I know two people who, um, one person that already did have gender affirming surgery and one friend who is having gender affirming surgery during this Venus retrograde time. Um... I got inked. <laughs> that was a big thing. Uh, people are going to be shaving their head. People are going to be dyeing their hair blue. People are going to be um, experimenting with their gender expression and the clothes that they wear. Um, I think people are going to be coming out when it comes to not just sexuality, but also um, people on the gender queer spectrum. Like, I think all of those things are hugely related to Venus retrograde in Leo. Um, okay, armchair astrologer, you said relatable ninth house Mars. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, excuse me why I blow my nose. Um, Quinn, you said, I used to think I wanted to go back to school through grad school, and now I laugh so hard. I'm like, you know, I think I'd rather spend my money on going to Italy. <laughs> right? Like, I just, I can't, it's not on the same, and this is no offense to anybody who, that's the thing, that's the beauty about being a human with free will, you know. Grad school could be very much in your truth on your top priorities of of who you are as a person, and that could be completely living in your truth, but think for a lot of us it's just been conditioned to be the thing that you have to do in order to you know be a value to society right um 
Myrona Recovery, you said, after dealing with chronic illness for the last three years, I don't even know what I want to do or what being true to myself is in this way, or I don't even know what being true to myself looks like anymore. Um, totally. I, I actually really, I love that you said that. I obviously don't love that you're feeling that, but I love that you brought that up because relationships to our body have changed relationships to our relationships have changed some of us may be single for the first time in in decades you know around this time some of us may be making peace with a new way our body operates even i saw my aunt um last night at a family party who's one of the only family members. Uh, she's my dad's oldest sister, one of the only family members who really has shown me like unconditional acceptance and even curiosity for like the tarot and the astrology stuff that I do. And um, she um, asked me, she was like, can you pull a card for me later? And I was like, sure. And she was like, I want to know um, why I'm still so resistant to not being able to walk anymore. Um, which is interesting because I'm like, okay, well, anybody would be resistant to that, right? She walks with a cane now. She's a little bit in her sort of senior years. She also got a liver transplant in the past three years. So that was a whole thing. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of even amazing that she's here and, you know, living life, um, but yeah, I thought that question was interesting because she was literally asking me in not so many words, like, how do I accept this new relationship with how my body works? Venus retrograde, right? Um, and, uh, t oh, it's, it's with your Chiron, um, kind vibes. That's interesting. Uh, hey, Alexandra, happy Sunday. Yeah, so let's um let's do this. Let's do some collective tarot polls that might be about um maybe those areas in your chart that do have Leo, right? Because all of us have at least one <laughs> at least one Leo house. All of us have one Leo house at least, if not more placements, even if you don't have any planets in Leo. I can promise you there is a house in your birth chart that is Leo. <laughs> so, you know, this transit will be affecting us all somehow. Also, keep in mind, Leo is a fixed sign. So if, you're, if your chart is fixed sign heavy, um, you know, Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius this, or Leo, you know, this retrograde will be definitely profound. And as I shuffle, guess who <laughs> pops out? Justice. Um, justice. Justice might be, it's funny that it's Libra. Because Libra is Venus's sign, right? 
Um, and the Justice card speaks to us about the effects, the consequences, and the rewards of our actions. And when we are having an issue with being ourselves, it's often because we are afraid of how our true self will be reflected to others, right? We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of um, being exiled. We're afraid of uh, being left out or whatever. Like, there's just... And this all comes from the collective shadow of, like, I can't be my true self. I have to fit in in order to be accepted. Um, but I wonder, like, what justice moment would come. And back of the deck is the sun. So that's interesting. What justice moment would present ourselves if we were more true to ourselves? Um... You know, and would it, it, perhaps initially it would be um, sort of a cutting moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm thinking more about like my tattoos and like how long it took me to like develop the guts to decide to do that. And, you know, I knew it was going to really, really cause a bad reaction specifically in my mom <laughs> and yeah it was it was a total justice moment when I when she saw these about two weeks ago she hasn't she didn't talk to me for like two weeks <laughs> now we're like now we're like kind of slowly getting back to uh speaking uh but uh whatever so it, it's not even worth getting into because it's just it's but it's just this moment, though, in the sense that, like, okay, this is the effect of what I did. And, um, but then in that justice moment, you, you also realize sometimes the effect of your actions, especially if they're in alignment with who you truly are, if someone doesn't like you for it or criticizes you for it, shames you for it, makes you question it, they may just not be aligned with maybe it's your path, but maybe it's also just like this person isn't the person to ask for advice. This person has no idea, you know, what your path really is. Um, and maybe this Venus retrograde kind of shows us who is actually aligned with our vision and her, our truest self. And just because someone is unable to see the truest, your truest self, yeah, I mean, sometimes that means, like, okay, we're going to cut them off, or we're setting a boundary, or we're not going to hang out with them as much. Um, sometimes it's also more of a, like, oh, I'm just accepting that one of the reasons they can't see my truest self is because they're so disconnected with their own higher self and maybe I'm not going to take that personally anymore. Um, uh, you know, uh, there, there's something there with the justice moment too. Um, Katie, you said congrats, congrats for doing that for yourself, Mal. Amen. Amen. That was a justice moment. It really was. Thanks, Katie. 
Um, Emmy said last week I was literally told I need to be more careful about how people might perceive me before I speak. I feel like I can't worry about that. I just want to be myself. Yeah, that sounds like someone literally was, <laughs> someone literally gave you the advice to be a people pleaser. Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, there's, there, there's some interesting shadows as to who makes you feel comfortable to be yourself and who criticizes it. And uh, what does that mean about these people's place in your life or how highly you value their opinions? Maybe it's not even about valuing their opinion, though, but sometimes it's like, how, how much do I fear their judgment? You know, and like, is there a way I could um, face that fear of their judgment? Perhaps that's the fear that we're facing. Uh, it, as much as it, is, as it is the fear of, um, as much as it, as it is the fear of being ourselves, it's also the fear of how others will judge ourselves. And it is, it's kind of cool to overcome that. It, it is, it is cool. I'm not saying I'm totally overcome that fear, but I think the past five years for me have been very much like just over and over again coming up on my uncomfortability with how people may see my life, specifically my family. Now, going back to that one point, I think my Rona recovery, you made that point of like, I don't even know who I am anymore. One thing I'll say, not specifically to you, but just to anybody who's feeling this way, um, part of like n meeting yourself again is experimentation, right? It's like trying new things, allowing yourself to be bad at something, allowing yourself to like try something and fail at it and not like it and just try, try something new. Um, and I think that very act is also looped into the fear of judgment from others, you know, cause it's like, Oh, what is she doing? That's crazy. She's going back to school to study uh, gender studies. What the heck? Like, you know, like, it's like, well, maybe you're just in an exploratory phase. We get really scared of judgment when we're in, ex in, ex in an exploratory phase. Um, but we shouldn't be because the people who judge our exploratory phase um, probably are just stuck in their own very boring frequency of living, right? <laughs> but yet we continue to be afraid of what boring people think of us. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay, and my Rona recovery, you said, oh my god, it totally is. I'm heavily Capricorn, right? Yeah, Capricorn does have trouble with the experimentation kind of vibe and can I say too that's why um Leo and Capricorn are uh quincunx which means they're at a degree where they can't see each other um and you know Leo and Capricorn can't see each other 
because they both have what the other needs. Uh, you know, Leo needs uh, perhaps the discernment that Capricorn has. <laughs> but Capricorn needs the genuine self-esteem that Leo can teach us. The kind of self-esteem that's not attached to material structures. Because um, that's the thing. That's the shadow of Capricorn. Like, I'm going to build my whole self-worth around the worthiness or the structure of of how great it is, of of how successful my project is. And it's like, no, 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 Leo teaches Capricorn that there's a whole different iteration of self-love, self-worthiness that has nothing to do with what you're building. Um, and that's a very difficult for Capricorn placements, which again is why Leo and Capricorn are quincunx. Um, I love a quincunx moment. Maybe I'll do a Maybe I'll do like a lecture or something on why the signs are quincunx. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, it's funny, kind vibes that you have Leo, Chiron, and Capricorn rising. Interesting. Noel, you said, Mal, you're dragging my Capricorn butt. <laughs> Guys, I can only drag it because I know it. Um, <laughs> Capricorn Venus here. <laughs> Sorry, oh my god, sorry, I think I personally offended uh, the Capricorn, <laughs> the Capricorn Risings. Um, remember that one class? I think you were in it, Emmy. Um, it was like, I forget what class it was. I think it was a tarot class where literally every single student of mine had a Capricorn placement. And I was like, this is literally my seventh house, Venus, also Uranus and Neptune in Capricorn, like, me attracting so much Capricorn energy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, actually, I tend to have very Capricornian clients, students, um, followers in a lot of ways, just because I have my seventh house of other people in Capricorn. Um, so, friends, that's the tea. That's the tea. Uh, and, yeah, Sav, I think you were in there, too. Um, Alana, yeah, I, I would say, I, it depends how you define stellium. I think I would say I have a stellium in Capricorn just because, like, it's so close to my descendant. Like, I have the descendant, Venus, Capricorn, Venus, Uranus, and Neptune all in Capricorn, like, within, I think it's like three degrees. So it's, like, super tight tightly conjunct my descendant. So I think when it's on an angle, I would put it in the category of 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 a stellium. But it just depends. I don't know. I don't have a good definition of stellium. It's just I look at it and I'm like, mm, that seems stellium vibes. Um if you don't know what a stellium is, uh it's like a it's typically a conjunction of more than three planets, three or more planets, but some people will kind of use that loosely and you know sometimes they don't count the outer planets or whatever so it's very subjective um and 
Emmy, you said, this is showing me how important it is to build up my blog, not let these people define me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Leo, Leo, Venus and Leo, it's like, um, how much am I letting the opinion of others define what I'm allowed to do in this lifetime? Um, I always go back to something my, an old mentor told me, um, who used to own the shop I worked at when I first started reading tarot and I was so afraid still, like so afraid of marketing myself, showing myself to the world in, in ways. And, uh, she would just remind me, she'd be like, you know, these people, you're so afraid of their judgment. They have no idea what you are meant to do in this lifetime. They have no idea of your soul's path your purpose, I say that in air quotes, your purpose, um, they have no idea about your, your karma in this lifetime, what you're meant to overcome, you know, what you're meant to, what is meant to challenge you, um, and it's just, like, yeah, it, it just is dumb, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's dumb to, to let other people's judgments define, you know, what you, your soul is capable of, because they have no idea. Only you know that, right? Which, if you don't know that, wait until October. <laughs> I bet this, I bet this Venus retrograde will show you uh, something about that, okay? Um, let's do this, my friends. I've been blabbing for a while, and I gotta cut, cut it right at 11, because I have to drive back to the city before my one o'clock appointment. <laughs> because I don't have my computer charger. So we're gonna drive back to the city. And, uh, but let's pull three cards. Um, and you can pick... <laughs> you can pick, uh, I have three crystals in my mind. One is fluorite. It looks like this. One is fluorite. One is selenite. It looks like this. And the third one is Shiva Lingam. It looks like this. So pick your crystal. What crystal is calling you the most? Fluorite. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the podcast listeners. I'm using my water bottle as a... As a... Uh, uh-oh. Fuck it. Okay. Um, fluorite. Selenite. And Shivalingam. What crystal are you today? <laughs> okay. If you picked fluorite... The Ace of Wands, the Ace of Swords has come out for you. Um, so if you picked Fluorite and the Ace of Swords is your card, um, kind of reminds me of the Kazemi, the, the Mercury Kazemi that's going on today. We didn't really talk about this, but Mercury just was in conjunction with the sun and in cancer and has just passed the sun now. So, um, when Mercury's Kazemi, it's sort of in this strong, 
aspect that promotes clarity of thought. It promotes this sort of uh, reckoning with what must be done, how we must move forward. Um, it's uh, an idea or an epiphany, but it needs to be acted on, right? So there's like an important new uh, piece of, I think it's a piece of clarity. It's more like something you've been stewing on or, um, or marinating on for a long time now. I think those of you who picked fluorite yeah it's it's very much a, a new piece of clarity that's going to help move you through uh which is kind of ironic because fluorite itself as a crystal you may consider working with fluorite if you picked this crystal and got the ace of swords because fluorite is um a crystal that it sort of clears your your mind. Someone else who's better at crystal um, <laughs> philosophy uh, it would probably explain it better, but I think it gives you clarity of mind. It connects you back to your own thoughts and clears anybody else's opinions and judgments from your space so you can get a clear vision of like, what you think or how your intuition is is communicating to you um annie you said clarity and fluorite are a great pairing totally stephanie you also said there's cleansing properties in fluorite absolutely um did i tell you that <laughs> annie uh clarity and focus definitely definitely okay let's go to selenite yeah, Quinn, it's it's interesting you say that because fluorite, if I do have a crystal on my like reading table or if I'm holding a crystal when I'm um, giving a reading, it's usually fluorite because it clears my mind and it opens the third eye, but there's still this grounding property, like you said. It's not like something like, I don't know, like something that'll like completely unground you, like I don't... I, someone give me a uh what's that one uh chris like a Mor morganite or something like that that'll just co or completely just like take you somewhere else and unground you um uh, fluorite's still a crystal that i would say can be grounding um okay selenite if you pick selenite you got the queen of cups so feels to me like throughout this venus shadow moment um, I think there's some kind of emotional purging going on. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, it feels like a good cry or a good therapy session or a good sharing session. It feels like if you pick selenite, there's something that you're getting off of your chest with, like, moving forward or... I think sometimes we do need to cry in order to feel through an entire emotion and complete the emotional process, right? Like, there's something about the Queen of Cups that shows us, like, crying can be sacred and crying can bring us to completion. It can 
make us feel like we've gotten closure because we've shared something or we've expressed something. It can also help us return back to nervous system regulation because I think when we keep when we keep emotions locked up and we don't share them with anybody, especially when they're troubling emotions, um, it automatically dysregulates us, right? Um, so I think this Queen of Cups message pairs well with selenite because selenite is like the ultimate cleansing stone. It, it's promoting, again, us returning back to our true energy and also ridding ourselves. This is where selenite's interesting because it's, it's a sort of, um, it, it, I'm looking at for the right word. Um, it, it just not destroys, but sort of what's the opposite of magnetizes it repels. That's what it is. It repels negative energy right um and <laughs> uh yeah totally we some of us could use a big cry right now um okay and then lastly if you picked uh the shiva lingam my personal favorite stone um, the Shiva Lingam is the perfect balance of masculine and feminine energy, <laughs> and it represents fertility. It can be a really good stone if you are in development with like a creative process or, um, you know, planting a new seed, quote unquote. It's literally considered a fertility stone. It's a stone that I often sleep with, uh, because I feel like it, it balances me sort of throughout the night. And it's made by a river in India um, that sort of, it's like through the, I'm not a geologist, guys, but like through the waves and the sort of momentum of the stones hitting the different spots in the river, um, over time, it becomes this little, like, football shape. Okay, so, um, Shiva Lingam, for those of you who picked that. Knight of Swords. Kim, you said I pulled Queen of Cups three times. Of course, I picked Selenite. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so for those of you who uh, picked... Knight of Swords. Um, curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Is that a movie? I think that's a movie. Um, that's the kind of phrase I'm getting. It's not to say you're not allowed to be excited or enthusiastic about something, but um, there's a more balanced and regulated way to go about something that isn't going to dysregulate your vibe. Um, and, uh, small flower, you said it's a show. Okay. It's a show. <laughs> um, yeah, like it just feels like something like there's a goal or there's a new fresh idea that's coming through, but 
you know, the ego often gets excited and thinks everything has to happen fast and all at once. But I don't get that vibe from, you know, those of you who pulled Shiva Lingam, like whatever you just downloaded, it is sacred and it is aligned, but it's not going to happen all at once. And if you try to make it happen all at once, it won't be, have a longevity um, so it's almost the message of Saturn, like there needs to be a view of the long term uh, with this goal, there needs to be a little bit more of a slowness, a patience, like if it's actually worth it, you know, remembering to be patient on the journey, um, and, uh, Yeah, uh, small flower. You said mind your happiness levels. Yeah, it's 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 more like you can be happy. I would never say don't be happy, but like, yeah, mind the sort of a uh, uh, hype energy of like, oh my god, I'm gonna like do this all at once, all in one night. And it's like no, no, no. Like this, this is a slower process. It's like, it's okay. It says nothing about your art or your level of talent like the the quickness of it all it's like actually some of the the most talented writers took 10 years to write their book you know and the knight of swords doesn't want to hear that <laughs> but but give yourself permission to go slow and explore instead of pressuring yourself to do it quickly just because there's something, there's someone that you want to impress or there's some societal message that's telling you if it's worthwhile, you must do this quickly. Katie, exactly. Be mindful of attaching to your expectations. Um, and then my Rona recovery, you said, I'm getting big pacing vibes. Yeah, that's a good one. Like pace yourself because there's a good chance that this thing is really fruitful, but you need to pace yourself. Allison, you said this is totally the understanding, the honeymoon phase of relationships or ideas. Slow down and live in the moment. Yeah, that's a good thing to re re um, remember during Venus retrograde. Like, um, yeah, have the honeymoon stage, but also have the friend stage. You know, become friends. Can you become friends in the honeymoon stage? Probably not, you know, because the honeymoon stage is like literally our brains setting off chemicals, telling us you should procreate with this person. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm a depressing Venus and Capricorn, but that's what it is. Okay, um, my friends, it was so nice to vibe with you this morning. Thanks for stopping in. Sorry for my voice. I'm a little under the weather. If we have an appointment later, I'll see you later. I look forward to seeing you later. And, um, ah, uh, thanks, Juliet. You said, I feel like I'm on FaceTime with the universe and it's blowing my mind like five times. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have some summer sessions on my site. I have an astro summer astrology update where we are. Um, looking at the astrology of like the rest of your year. Uh, so we'll, we could specifically talk about this Venus retrograde. 
I have a synastry reading where we take either the chart of you and a current partner or a chart of you and a past partner and we unpack it. Those have been fun. And then I have astrocartography, uh, which is the study of the location or the astrology of your location. Um, so if you're thinking about moving or want to explore a past location, all of those sessions are under summer specials on my site. If you go to MalloryHasty.com, click book a session, and then you click summer specials. All of those are in there, okay? Would love to catch up with y'all um, this summer. So, um, okay, I'll see, I'll see you at one, Blue Moon Cocoon. <laughs> Driving back to the city it now. Okay, bye, friends. Um, yeah, so good to be in this space.